The idea of digital Silk Roads is the evolution of that concept of routes where you interact across economic, social, cultural, political, and religious topics, as well as units, and how that is fundamentally rewritten in a world where data, digital, and technology are the highways that trade, commerce, and economics will be performed on. This is Traseda Talks, and I'm your host, Shreya Nandi. Our intention is to bring you perspectives, some our own, some from our group of even smarter friends and confidants, to help inform your opinions on how data, digital, and tech will reshape the world we live, breathe, and play in. Today, we have Abhishek Mehta, the founder and CEO of Traseda. And we're talking about digital silk roads and why they're the biggest business opportunity for a host of industries. You can find the transcript for this episode on Traseda.com. That's T-R-E-S-A-T-A dot C-O-M. And let's keep listening. Hi, Avi. Welcome to Traseda Talks. We have you here today to talk about digital silk roads, a concept that I've been hearing a lot in the office recently, the uh, virtual office, so to speak. Could you give us a definition of what digital silk roads are? You're right. I guess even in the virtual office, uh, a lot of you have heard me talk about this uh, sometimes incessantly. <laughs> And the reason behind that has been, I've been thinking about um, around the idea of digital silk roads, probably my entire two decades uh, of professional experience, but especially in the last five years. And the pandemic and what has happened in the last 12 months has only made it more relevant, not just to me as an idea, but I think it has also made it very relevant to what is happening in the world and what potential it holds towards, in some cases, disrupting, but in most cases, innovating around business models that, in my opinion, uh, impacts every single industry that you and I are familiar with. And the idea, when you think of it from that, uh, you know, that big and open or that bigger, uh, that bigger a concept is actually quite simple, which is, as you shall remember, I'm a history buff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always been a history buff. Silk Roads um, were and are a network of trade routes. And the Silk Roads were around the trading of silk from the east to the west. What is forgotten is not only were they central to economic revolutions and behaviors around the globe, but they were also central to cultural, political, and religious interactions. And the idea of digital Silk Roads is the evolution of that concept of routes where you interact across economic, social, cultural, political, and religious topics, as well as units, and how that is fundamentally rewritten in a world where data, digital, and technology are the highways that trade, commerce, and economics will be performed on. And that's Digital Silk Roads. 
that really makes me wonder, because it is such a grand topic, what are the contributing factors that we need to know that lead to the birth of digital Silk Roads? There are three key factors that need to happen in order for the evolution to be complete. Number one is the contextualization of supply chains. It was a lot easier to do in physical trade routes, but it has become a lot trickier to actually pull off when the same trade interactions and supply chains are mostly digital. That's number one. Number two is the ability, once you've contextualized the supply chain, to extract intelligence from the financial data that underpins a supply chain. So as you can imagine, whether you are a producer or a, a consumer, whether you're a buyer or a supplier, at the end of the day, there is a certain financial um, transaction that is taking place to connect one side of the, of the transaction, one side of the interaction to the other. So that's number two, extract intelligence from financial data that is inherent in those supply chains. And number three is overlay that financial intelligence with the digital, physical, and ESG data that adds the dimension to not just create a holistic perspective on what the digital Silk Road is doing, is transacting, is moving, is consuming, but also make it holistic, make it sustainable, make it something that can be a virtuous loop towards the future of not just you know, the, um, the producing and the consuming parts of our society, but also the planet that fundamentally drives the Silk Road. <laughs> and those three, those three are the most important ingredients in actualization of digital Silk Roads. You've touched on different things, financial data, you've touched on sustainability, you've touched on supply chains. So where do you believe the biggest opportunity lies here? Some may say that, you know, given the fact the word digital is the def the, seems to be the defining uh, concept on digital Silk Road, it should be some of the most interesting digital properties and companies in the world. But I don't, but I don't think so, um, Shreya. According to me, or in my hypothesis and my research, the industry that has probably the biggest role to play and the most to gain, and as a corollary, the most to lose, uh, is the financial services industry. And here's why. The banks today, and even historically, the financing of the Silk Road was where most of the intelligence around the Silk Road resided. And if you go back to the three ingredients, the ability to extract the intelligence from financial data is most readily done by financial institutions, banks, merchant banks, trade finance participants, and others. They have almost an incumbency advantage that they can leverage across this particular uh, ecosystem. And the reason why it's very powerful or, very, or can be very disruptive, it is also referred to as the payment industry, right? So another perspective on financial transactions is payments need to be made between suppliers and buyers, between producers and consumers. And the payments industry today is a $2 trillion industry. 
to put that to put that in context or reference shreya the advertising industry where you've seen some of the most interesting companies emerge that industry is only 500 billion oh so the payments industry is four times the revenue pool of the advertising market that has seen the emergence of some very powerful companies you know everything from google and facebook to some of the smaller upstarts that you've seen emerge so by that very definition and the very ownership model or you know consumption model of how trade happens today the banks have the most to gain and the banks have the most to lose and that helps us understand where the business opportunity lies so as we think about digital silk roads why is it important to add context to supply chains I guess you know I would call it the worst kept secret or the best kept secret, depending on which side of the um, the industry you're in. That if I be- if I believe that the banks have the most to gain from the creation of digital silk roads, they have a current gap in something that they haven't been able to do, which has been done quite successfully in the advertising profit pool or revenue pool, as you were talking about, which is the data that is captured. and created currently across the payments value chain broadly defined is trapped is trapped in a variety of organizations and silos and legacy technology and without that data that trapped data being released is almost like the genie in the lamp without the genie in the lamp being released the opportunity that the banks may have to drive some of this disruption will be lost a simple supply chain of a smartphone suddenly sounds a lot more complex when you add all of the components and the manufacturers of the components the suppliers of the components the raw materials that go into the components the buyers of the components the marketing of the actual end product this the movement of the end product in your hands whether it's online or offline all of that is very very complex and without the ability to contextualize those complex supply chains understand the relationships in those supply chains none of this can be done which is why i called it almost a foundational asset that is required and is essential for digital silk roads to actualize abi now that we understand the financial data angle I want to ask you about ESG or the environmental social corporate governance angle. Where does ESG come into digital silk roads? At the heart of the the argument I'm about to propose is very is something very simple, economics. ESG is being defined as having potentially a 30 30 to 40 trillion dollar impact or market in the world over the next 10 to 15 years. and the more i read about esg shreya the more it became clear to me that when you think around the sustainability and the verification and validity of anyone claiming their esg credentials the only way to ensure those credentials are true and have been met goes back to the same foundational concept you and i spoke about contextualizing supply chains so i'll take a simple example let's take the economics out of it now right so we all agree so payments is 2 trillion the esg market is 30 to 40 trillion so numbers are massive 
But say I come to you, right? And you are a producer of um, some really fancy shoes. How can we ensure that when your company comes and says, we are a sustainable manufacturer of natural goods and services, in this particular case, shoes, how do we know we can completely agree with or believe your statement? And in my posit, the only way to ensure that your assertion is true is looking at your supply chain, both the backwards integration of it and the forwards integration of it, extracting the financial intelligence to make sure we can actually see your network of buyers, suppliers, and consumers, applying and overlaying the digital, physical, and ESG data I spoke to you about, and then letting the supply chain automatically inform who actually has appropriate credentials and is truly neutral to the planet and who is not. So I believe the digital Silk Road assumes even greater significance to not just the economic disruption around you know, the industries that it may impact, financial services, oil and gas, agriculture, et cetera, et cetera, but it also becomes critical to the cultural and political revolution that is brewing around making all of our industries neutral to planet Earth, right? The one asset we don't ascribe enough economic value to because we take it for granted. Right. So that was my hypothesis, that I actually believe that if, if we actually have to make, if we as society have to ensure that ESG is not just a wanted World Economic Forum idea, but something that is truly imbibed and acted upon and integrated in everything we do, everything we consume, everything we produce, without the presence of digital Silk Road's rails, one of the rails being the contextualization of supply chains, the other rail being extraction of intelligence from financial data to add relevance and heft to the supply chain, and the third rail being the application of sustainability, sustainability metrics and statistics to that supply chain, that in my mind completes the actualization of digital Silk Roads. That really painted a really thorough picture of it. And it really does give me hope as a Gen Zer who is highly sensitive to the fact that Mother Earth is not playing around anymore. Um, it really sounds like digital Silk Roads, as you said in the beginning, really holds um, the key to a lot of how we operate in the future. And I know Traseda has a stake in this right now, or at least developing it. Are there other disruptors that we should pay attention to when it comes to these Silk Roads? Yes, uh, of course. You know, the the world would not be fun and life wouldn't be, you know, <laughs> uh, worth living if there wasn't uh, many smart people thinking about the same problems, you know. And I'm, I am not the smartest uh, in the world thinking about this i have to happen to have an informed hypothesis i think there are a host of um, incredibly smart minds thinking about their own versions of what i call digital circles the one that no one can 
at this point disregard or choose to ignore is of course Amazon. And I have said publicly that if the financial supply chain that exists today and is in the hands of the financial institutions of the world, if the extraction of intelligence from those supply chains isn't done in a timely fashion, the one player who will run away with it because they're building virtually a parallel planet of producers, <laughs> suppliers, and consumers and, and will do everything from not just the ability to sell goods and services and deliver goods and services, but also, you know, at some point finance those goods and services is Amazon. They have the marketplace, they have the transportation and logistics um, that they own, you know, uh, they have, uh, I think at this point, almost 10 million merchants globally, and they have the consumer. So they have the, they have a different version of the supply chain, not so much truly global yet, but definitely the ability to be truly global and become a supply chain for every good and service that we consume as human beings. I think the second interesting ones are software companies. You know, you correctly state that, you know, we have a, a, a leg in the race as well. You know, we have spent a tremendous amount of effort and created a tremendous amount of intellectual property, as you know, around contextualizing supply chains and around the extraction of intelligence from financial data. And as you know, the newest product that you know we have been working on internally that we call Sustain, the ability to overlay ESG, digital, and physical data to the first two assets that we have. So I think software companies like ours will also have a role to play, not individually by ourselves, but by applying some of our intellectual property, our software and our automation and you know uh, the machine learning capabilities we take to market, applying those to um, our, our clients, what we call our partners, but our clients, right? As the world calls our clients in the financial services industry, in the logistics industry, in the, in the transportation industry, in the agriculture industry, in the grocery industry, in the retail industry. So I think, I would, I would say two interesting players, right? The, the online purveyors of goods and services, very interesting, like Amazon. And then, you know, the software players are very, very interesting as well. This really is uh, the future, some might say, where we can really use what we have. And, you know, with technology moving at the pace that it is, this seems to be the natural next step. Um, let's see how long it takes to get there. That is all the time we have today, Abi. Thank you so much for providing so much information about um, Digital Silk Roads. I definitely am enlightened now. Uh, Shreya, it was absolutely my pleasure. I am so glad that, uh, as, uh, as, you, as you correctly, again, remind me of my age, <laughs> but as, as a Gen Zer, you know, I'm incredibly, incredibly um, hopeful of the promise that your generation holds in helping us realize some of these things. And thank you for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed it and um, wish you a lot of luck with Priscilla Talks. Did you hear something you like? Or do you agree to disagree? Email us at curious at Triseda.com. That's C-U-R-I-O-U-S at Triseda.com. And give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram. And 
We'll talk data to you soon.